0: a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure and now with this week's episode your host clinical psychologist dr nazanine moali welcome to episode 68 of sexology podcast i'm your host dr nazanine moali i wanted to start this episode by saying how grateful i am For every single one of you guys who are listening to this podcast every week, downloading it, it's truly a humbling experience for me whenever I log in to my hosting website and see people from all around the globe are downloading thousands and thousands of different episodes each month. So I'm very grateful for you for, uh, for all the support that you're offering me. And I want to hear more about you, who you are, what are some of the topics that you want to hear more about? Because my goal is to provide the content that will help you with your sex life. So if you have any question or you just want to shoot me and tell me who you are, please do so. My email is dr. drmaoli at sexologypodcast.com. In this episode, we're going to answer one of our listeners' email. I I changed some of the information and I not changed it. I just deleted part of her email because I wanted to make sure that I'm protecting her confidentiality. So she emailed us and she talked about how she's concerned that her husband is gay and also how the sexual relationship that she has with her husband is not satisfying uh, for her. In this episode, I invited uh, Mrs. Ronelle Nelson, licensed marriage family therapist, to join us again. She was our guest last year. We talked about mismatched libido, and that was one of the most downloaded episodes that we had in this podcast. So if you haven't listened to that one, please go back and check it out. What I love about Ronelle is not only she's knowledgeable, but she gives us... And I would imagine her clients very actionable, solution-focused things to do. Because at times, I feel we hear things that they sound good, but we don't know where to go from there. So that's why I invited her back. Uh, She's a licensed marriage family therapist, ASAC certified sex therapist, and infidelity recovery coach with an experience of more than 11 years over the years, Renell has worked exclusively with a large number of men and women and families who are in need of assistance, guidance, and counseling. Ronell is also an owner of Kaleidoscope Services, which is a platform specifically made for the purpose of enhancing common individual knowledge regarding the sexual aspects of life and their connection with the issues related to anxiety and depression. Rennell's primary objective is to use her remarkable skills and natural talents to enhance, educate, and excite the people life in and out of the bedroom. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Mrs. Rennell Nelson. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited to have Mrs. Renell Nelson licensed marriage family therapist and certified sex therapist back on our show. Renell, welcome to our show. Thank you for having me back. Thank you so much for coming back as I was sharing with our listeners at the beginning that we have you we had you on for another episode on mismatched libido. And I heard so many positive things from our listeners. They found that episode very helpful. So
1: I'm excited for this one. Thank you. I'm excited too. Excellent. So as I,
0: as I was telling our listeners that this episode, we're going to talk about an email that we got from one of our other listeners. And this is a long email. So I'm going to just read part of it. And we're going to talk about how, how we think about what's going on with this, this person and the couple, and also what are some of the recommendations we have. Before I just going into this email, I just want to remind you that Renel and I, we are both licensed uh, mental health providers, but this is not therapy. We're just using this to explore different things. And of course, we don't know the details of what's going on between the couples. So I just want to I want you guys to keep that in mind. So here's the email. I have been married for almost nine years. We are both in our 30s and we are our only sex partners. My sexual problem in my marriage is we've never really had sex. He said before, if we just have sex once, everything will be fine then. But it isn't. Just recently, we had a sexual encounter where my husband finally penetrated me. His moment to shine. He did nothing, didn't move. Didn't say anything. I was thinking, is this happen?" I could handle, feel anything. I was squeezing my pelvic floor muscles and then I could kind of feel something. Then he pulls out of me. I felt that. That was it. I was confused. That was our first time having sex. And I made the mistake of saying I didn't know if I was ready for that yet. Recently, my husband says of that experience that I acted like raped me. Uh, no, he's saying he doesn't want sex. He doesn't like my hand job, blow jobs. I'm just wondering if my husband could be gay. And then he, she goes on to tell us, like she noticed that at times at the movies, he noticed other men and made remarks about that. And his mother thought he was gay growing up. And she also added that they're coming from a very religious background and he blames everything on her Uh, So she was very concerned, and she was telling us also at the end that he loves the idea of getting caught having sex. I theorize it might prove he isn't gay. I'm so frustrated and confused. So, Ronald, what do you think about this person?
1: I think that it's so, this is such a loaded email. It's so much going on. Um, The first thing that stands out in my mind is just the point of communication, I talk to a lot of my couples about communication before coming, and that's what I like to talk about because so many times we don't communicate, and we just get into these situations, and we don't have any conversations about them. Conversation really starts outside of the bedroom, and that's what we don't have, conversation outside the bedroom. and when we get in the bedroom, we have all these questions, we have all these concerns, and we have all this anxiety, and it promotes performance anxiety. And so then we have on top of that, so we're in our heads and everything. Far as with the point that she wonder is my uh, husband gay? Now... <laughs> It's it's not funny. I'm saying this just because that's how it happens with when people don't have a good sexual experience. It's either projected on themselves or projected on the partner. This is another conversation that I always talk about is when we don't talk about things before it happens. So this is something now they are married now. So we don't know, like you said before, we don't know how it was when they were dating. So they were dating. I'm thinking from what it says, and correct me if I'm wrong. So they just started having sex when they were married. So my question is, really, what was the atmosphere before? Because when they had sex, she thought he was maybe gay, but not before. So I don't know if it was her projecting blame on him he projecting blame on her. And then it seemed like she's reasoning it with his mother thought he was gay and uh, he watches this and he does that. So those are the, some of the questions that I have. But like you said, we don't have it at this time.
0: Right. And I love that you talked about communication. I know how challenging it is to talk about this things, especially if you're coming from a conservative background. But even if you guys both were very seasoned around like, sexuality and knew your own body, if you don't talk about it with your partner, there is no way that the person knows what you like, what don't you like. And I think communication is a really good place to start.
1: Yeah, it is. And another thing is because I don't project my beliefs because, you know, we have learned behavior. We have learned behavior that sex is wrong. Self-pleasuring is wrong. Exploring. Um, Even reading about it is wrong. But then here's a perfect situation when no education was granted. So here we are, two people that's naive, put into a situation of all this guessing and exploring. And on top of that, that they don't know how to have a, a conversation about that. And they don't know their own body. So this is just like a tornado, (laughs) right? right. A tornado is happening in the bedroom. And that's what I say, even though, you know, even in dating or when they got married and I don't know their religious belief, I just try to educate everybody on basic sexual education, basic sex education and expectations and getting realistic expectations. I know some uh, people frown on self-pleasuring. You don't even have to go far as fondling your genital areas. I'm just talking about know what your desires are. Know what you think sex is. Think about how you feel. Touch yourself and see if, hey, I like it when I touch here. I like it when they touch there. You have to have some kind of knowledge because what happens is when we get into the bedroom, we're projecting all of this on our partner because we think our partner knows, right? So we think our partner knows, so we're projecting all of this stuff onto our partner and our partner doesn't know. So he's projecting it all onto us. So what happens with that? We just shut down. We stay in our heads and we don't even really be mindful of the experience because we so stuck in our heads,
0: Right. And also about the communication, one mistake at times I see that my clients make it just for years and years, they feel resentful. They have this like anger, frustration toward their partners. Mm-hmm. And when they finally want to talk about it, they just start with negative things. And they say oh, yeah. something really yeah. painful. And we want to oh, make sure, yeah, this is not the situation. So I highly recommend like you starting from like the listeners starting from the, something you like. You said, I know in the email that like uh, you get breast orgasm and maybe you can talk about like how you like when he touches you a certain way and then kind of transition to some, some other constructive feedback.
1: Not after sex either. Not after sex, okay? That's the most sensitive time. Right. To after sex. So after you get done engaging in any sexual act and you know, you're laying there, it's that regroup feeling, it's that aftercare of sex, it's that, you know, everything. I, that is not the time to critique. Please, Amen. that is <laughs> not the time to critique. Because what happened is that starts arguments and that starts our body being tense and having more performance anxiety because we think we're being judged. We think we're being judged and scored. So the next time we go into the bedroom, we are more less likely to be enjoying the pleasure again because now we're on high alert for perform- performance because we know right after this session, we're gonna, I'm going to be graded. I'm going to be graded. And, enough, and sometimes that even shuts you down.
0: Exactly. And you're right, because at times people say it after sex, which is like people already partners feeling self-conscious. Most people, they they feel they don't necessarily, they don't, they didn't perform well because instead of kind of focusing on their body, they're fo- focusing on kind of like activity, how well I did in that activity. And they're kind of conscious, and, uh, like self-conscious and comfortable. And you're right. You don't want to start this cycle of like Anxiety and frustration and which will impact the sex life maybe yes, in the future. Yes, yes. The other thought that they have is it seems that continuously she's worried that he might be gay. What do you
1: think about that? I think, again, that comes from what does she considers gay? Um, And that's a learned belief. What does gay mean? You know, just because another man looks at another man or the same sex look at each other or they have questions does not make them interested in having sexual intercourse with that person. And I know she did say that his mother thought he was gay. I don't even know, based on religious background, that could just be he wasn't even interested. He could have just been book smart or he just had a lot of male friends. We don't know that. So these are still, it's a very sensitive subject. But I think it's kind of like, without knowing the background, she, I, I need to know more about what does gay mean to her? Because we have some warped ideas about the behavior and, and, and from the society and that's learned, that's invalid. So, and this another thing is my, this is, if we learn anything from this conversation, you should not be engaged in any kind of intercourse any kind of anything without communicating. You need to talk to your partner. This is somebody that you said vows to, that you're going to grow with. If you can't talk about the most intimate topics like questioning sexuality, this is where we need to think about. Why are we here? What, the marriage is really set up for doom anyway because they can't even talk about the most basic topic as needs and wants. And I bet it trickled down to the other aspect of the relationship, but about her thinking that he may be attracted to the opposite sex, I think right now it's coming from a point of anger because you're not into me, and I'm lashing out, and I think you just need more answers right
0: and you're you're right when you're talking about that what what is the definition of the gay what what the mother was thinking, she also talked about the possibility of some history of trauma but it seems like at this point again just we're just going based on email we don't have enough information to see even kind of to suspect at least based on my perspective that he's gay and yes i hear it all the time from women couples coming in to my session and i bet you have the same experience it's a concern that many women have it's not like oh wow how come you're having this thought it's a common thought that women have some of some women have but Again, it seems like we don't know enough. The other thing is just based on my experience with my clients, some people are in different parts as far as like there's this, and I know we no longer go based on Kinsey scale, but people are in different pa- places as far as their attraction to the, to the same sex. And it doesn't necessarily right. make them gay. They might be, no, so, there no, might be some no, interest no. and it doesn't change your sexual orientation. So even, no. even if there are some attraction, that can be normal.
1: Yes. And just curiosity, not so far. And I don't know what the conversation is. So, I mean, women, you know, we are granted that we can look at another woman and say, I like her shoes," I like her hair. That's a nice dress, you know, and and comment on her body parts. But when a man does it because of societal standards, he's gay. Because what man looks at another man? So we already write it off because it's a learned behavior that men don't look at other men. Right. So if that do that, are and I think that's unfair. I think that's so unfair for conversation, especially when you're with your partner and in a marriage, the intimacy should supposed to be there in honest communication. And sometimes people open up because hey, I'm with my husband. I'm with my wife. So be ridiculed about that. It kind of like going throw the conversation off. Now. If we talk to her and she has more in-depth and concrete stuff, I said this is something that needs to be talked to probably in a professional setting with you and your husband or just your husband and just exploration of more of the attraction to the opposite sex and has it ever went further than that. She mentions trauma and all trauma don't relate. And that's another thing. Just because he has trauma, that doesn't relate to him being gay. You know what I'm talking about? Right. So I'm like saying, if you, the email in society is loaded with miscommunication. And what we do is we don't challenge it. We just go with it. And that's the whole thing. Sometimes when it's, it's either helping or harming. And right now, I think some of her, and I'm not talking about any means. It's just when you, when you open up to understanding, you need to see where these things are coming from. You know, and I'm not even going to say he maybe is gay. I don't know. But we need more information as far as these loaded sentences that she has that seem like it's coming from a part of herself that's just unhappy.
0: And I get that. It seems like she's been in the marriage for nine, sexless marriage for nine years. I would, I would be resentful and angry as well. And another thought that comes to my mind is that Something that people get confused, someone who has like low libido versus someone being gay. People can yep. have like, yeah. for so many different reasons, like, like, don't might not experience desire. It could be religion. Again, I know some religions are wonderful, but I work also with the conservative community and I see that from early on, many men even like, and women have this kind of very, it receives very sex negative messages. And it's just hard for them to connect uh, with, to see sex as something productive, something wonderful that they can share with someone else.
1: Yeah. Cause they're so scared to let go and to, and it's for, or uh, to procreate. So to experience pleasure, you know, oh my goodness, you know, and to talk about it. That's another thing. That's why one thing I say, even with conservative, I have learned that it is some kind of counseling that they can do and some kind of basic. Sometimes you just got to sometimes I'm not going against anybody religion, but sometimes you have to go with what is all in you, respect your religion, but also explore just like you go to school. You know, this is something with your body. Everybody' body is different. You need to explore. And I'm so happy that you brought up low libido because with low libido, mismatched desires and everything like that and how we are responsive. Also, because you got to say, it's been a sexist marriage. I didn't have any education. I think that when we get in bed, it's on and popping. You know, we're about to get it on. I watch porn. I did this. It's about to do this, this, and this. So we had these unrealistic expectations already in our head. So then, when it don't happen, we are we don't understand and we shut down. We don't, and then we don't talk to our partner. And be like, okay, we don't know ourselves, and we can't talk to our partner. So again, we're right back to communication.
0: Right. Right. And the other thought that I have is, you know, if if it is hard for them, to, for her to start talking uh, with their partner about this, I think counseling would be great. The other place, yeah. even I know sometimes some partners, they're not willing to go to counseling, but I know even churches, different religious groups, they have couples retreat, and that yes. might be a good place to start and kind of like bring up the conversation there.
1: Yeah. Couples retreat. And if what's so awesome about online communities is so many online communities that you and your partner can sit in the comfort of your own home and explore. If something don't fit you, you just click on to the next one. Because that's one thing about the internet. You can find whatever you're looking for on there. And you decide if it's value or not. So, I mean, they have videos. They have actual couples talking. They have everything. And then, if you feel like you know what, I really need something else, then I'd say consult a professional. And even now, we're on, like I'm an online counselor, so even now online, I'm. It's just like coming to a session, but you're in the comfort of your own home. And sometimes you kind of environment kind of sets the stage. But when you feel safe, you more to open up. So that's what's so also good about if maybe if you're feeling unsure about therapy to just do one online session, if it's available to you.
0: Right. Or she can kind of look into that as, as a, as one of the partners, because I know for couples coming in, at times there are some barriers. So yes, I think all of that's a good place to start. And I, but I, I want her to do something about this because I can, I can guarantee you that if you go on another nine, 10 years, nothing's gonna change. Oh, and yeah. it's just gonna add up to the frustration and resentment.
1: Yeah, so I think, yeah, so the first actionable steps for me, if I was um, just going based on the email, I really would uh, recommend getting a journal. I do uh, journaling exercises because I feel like once you get it out of your head, it's more comprehensive on paper. I really would ask her the basic court case the basic core definitions of what does she think desire is? What is sex to her? Really all the questions she has, I will put out an outliner and ask her to fill them in and just ask her to really look at her answers and see where did she learn them from. The next thing I will ask her to do is really explore her own sexual self because I always talk about me before we, even with my couples, Because I believe in two whole people and sometimes you have to know what you want and what you desire before you go into a situation to eliminate projection. So in summary, I would ask her to do more self-awareness and prepare to ask her husband these questions. Because if she come from a place of anger, and she come from a place of projection, he's going to feel that and not feel safe. And we know, um, dealing with couples, environment and creating the environment is everything.
0: Right, absolutely. And I think she also uh, needs to kind of do this kind of self-care things, things to help her to kind of like feel better about herself, her body, because something wow. else that I noticed when we are in a relationship that's less and there's just no sexual energy, at times people start questioning their, their, their body if I'm attractive enough, if I'm yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm desirable or not. So kind of make sure you're doing things that helps you feel good about your own body Love the idea of journaling because you're right. It gives us a space to kind of process things and examine things. And I think that would be wonderful. And also some basic sex education information. Do you have any any information about where a couple can find like more basic information?
1: Basic information around sexuality. Uh, on sexuality. It's we have again, I don't know the websites right off. But we can come back to this episode and I can put it like in the comments or we can follow up. But basic sex education, I would say go through like um, sex education for couples. If you if you put that in the search engine, really just going into when we say basic, we talked about what is the bodily functions? What are the um, labels and everything? I'm talking about starting there first, because once you know what everything is, then you can start off with what your desire and pleasure. But I think, like you said, we need to have first basic information. And so that's basic sex education. So find a safe place you can explore, even going on Amazon and putting that in, or even uh, the local library. Make it a date night. I say make everything a date night. I tell my couples make everything a date night because people are like, oh, I don't know what to do. Hey, let's go to the library. Let's go to a bookstore. Bookstores have sex ed section, get you some coffee, get some comfortable clothes, uh, look at books together. Because that's the whole thing. We want to create intimacy. We want to make it not a chore, but an adventure.
0: Absolutely. And again, if you send me some information, I could put it on the show notes. I have some books that I can recommend and put it in the show notes. But you're right. Definitely education. Definitely working on communication, talking to your husband about things you like and things you want to improve on. And again, if you feel like you give it a shot once or twice and you really gave it a shot, not like very being assertive and being like kind of like direct about it and he's not receptive, then I would kind of look into counseling for couples counseling, retreats, other other way of approaching and examining this, because I feel like if he's saying he's gay, he's not interested we're closing door to this wonderful potential sex life that you can have without right. having the enough information.
1: Right. I, I agree.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And thank you. These are all wonderful recommendations. It's always a treat to have you on right now. So tell our listeners when they can find all the wonderful resources and the information you have.
1: Okay. So I have a website, kaleidoscopeservicesllc.org. And that is where I post a lot of stuff. My blogs are on there. How to reach me is on there. Uh, resources are on there. And if um, I also have a website because I deal with infidelity a lot and a lot of questions on how to get out of your head, and that website is a fair com. I have a lot of free um, resources on there. I even have a, a fair quiz. So, um, Nice. Those are the two websites. Yes, I had to because, you know, both, we just have to get out of our head and get to talking. So I just do all these conversation instigators, journal exercises. All you can do is to just feel confident in yourself so you can be confident going into the conversation.
0: Wonderful. I'll make sure I leave a link to the show notes so people can find you there. And again, thank you so much for your time. You always have wonderful ideas, feedbacks, uh, recommendations for us. And I hope I'll get to talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you
1: so much for having me.
0: I hope Renell and I answered part of the question that this listener had. Uh, my heart goes to her. I know it's really hard to be in a relationship that's that you feel stuck and sexually and emotionally feeling that you're not getting your net needs met and i think the hardest part is not being able to communicate your struggle with your partner so I hope the tips and tricks and information we provided around that would help her with navigating her situation. If you guys have any feedback for her, please don't hesitate to email us or you can record your voice at sexologypodcast.com so we can do a follow-up maybe on this topic or share your perspective and your recommendation on this listener's challenge. And If you have a question that you want us to answer, you can just email it to us or you can record your voice at, as I said, sexologypodcast.com. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.